A podcast network. I'm Mitchell Froome, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out in the studio. We've been calling, we've been telling you about, it's called Black National Studio. It's here in Missoula, Montana. We're hanging out here with our musical guest, Caroline Keys. Hi, Andras, and we also have Gibson Hartwell playing the pedal steel. Thanks for telling us, Caroline. Hello. Hi, Gibson. <laughs> and now, fans of the show will be familiar with uh, what's about to happen. It's, uh, it's, uh, this happens pretty regularly that uh, we'll be doing a session and someone won't be able to make it. We won't say who they are because they might, they might be here another time and it'll just be fresh then. But when that happens, a lot of people who are new to Radio 8 Ball say, Oh, why did that happen? Whereas I, who am a veteran of the Radio 8 Ball show, say, Aha! It's time for that returning segment, Meet the Engineer. <laughs> and now stepping out from behind the board is the man who, uh, who, made, who made this magical place into a reality. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Chris Bauman. Hello. Now, Chris Bauman, I've been meaning to ask you. Yes. Why Black National? Uh, well... It kind of surprises people when I tell them this, but it essentially means black flag. Black flag, like the band? Like the band. But it's also inspired by a photo of Malcolm X that I found in an old punk rock record. What is the, what is he doing in the in the photo? Leering. Leering? <laughs> at the at the camera or at someone uh, walking by? It's essentially a photo of him on an old talk show, and he's on the top level, and then there are four very white guests looking very uncomfortable but they can't really they can't see what he's doing but what he was on like the newlywed game or something uh, like, well, actually, like the dating game or i have the photo around here i'll show that you would be crazy malcolm x on the dating game <laughs> yeah that, it kind of looks like that sort of setup but it was yeah uh, i found it in one of them was uh william f buckley and <laughs> something like that. william yeah. F. I, I found it in a record by a band called please inform the captain this is a hijack Got it. So. Okay. So inspired by Black Flag, because mm -hmm. the, the Black Flag is the flag of the black nation. Well, the, uh, just do it. I mean, we're all so damn white here. Yes. I just have to, you know, there's a part of me. I thought I was going to show up, and <laughs> Chris Bauman was not going to be as white as me. No. You're whiter than me. 
I'm Jewish, so it makes me. <laughs> Unless you're Jewish too. Not that I'm. No, Jewish. I don't know. We're all we're all friggin' white. So uh, and hanging out here at Black National, which is a gorgeous, just gorgeous studio. Thank you. It's of the studio. I mean, I people have heard me talk. I I've been lucky. I, we hit, we recorded at Blue Light Studios in Vancouver. That was really really nice. No offense to you, Blue Light Studios in Vancouver. The lighting there was nicer. Sure, sure. But uh, for because it had this blue light. Well, I was definitely familiar but, with the studios that you had been into. Oh, so you I was definitely intimidated. Oh, you knew, but but, but I but this is cozy. This is much awesome. cozier. Wow. And then we did this great. We had the, we're at this great studio in Boston. Which gosh, damn, why, why am I forgetting? Oh, it's just the record company. That's why I was forgetting it because it's not an it's so such a sort of a generic name. But that was also really fantastic. But that was almost a little bit fancier. This is like this. I want to come make a record here. This is like. Wow. Really, all lots of wood, and oh, it's just gorgeous. I really love it. You well, can tell that I it's a labor of love. If you, uh, if you need to book anything. Oh, well, cool. I should. You, I did. Yeah, I booked three dates in yeah, a row. I know. I hope the open dates exciting. aren't for the next two days. You're not trying to sell these dates the next two days no. out from under me. Yeah, high okay. is, high is better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So uh, be, uh, I want to get to your question, mm -hmm. and you haven't had time to think about it. So I'm trying to I'm trying to run off the clock a little bit oh, to give you a little bit of time to think. But well, Caroline has a, wants to say something. Oh, I just want to say that um, that one of my favorite recording experiences ever was with Chris Bauman, and that was uh, uh, in the old spot mm -hmm. um, when uh, we were working on the Best Westerns record, and we talked to mm -hmm. Isaac Opatz earlier. Um, that was that's that that band and um, we had so much fun. It was like yes. dark, gloomy December. Like what we keep talking about this. I was in the middle of a divorce, <laughs> all this stuff, and um, and we we conjured this choir um, on the saddest waltz ever, and and it was just it was it was a dream come true for me because I just love backup singing and. Uh, and it was just so fun. Like it was, yeah. it was great working with you and kind of speaking the same language and like looping things until yeah. like we both knew when it was right and when it wasn't right mm -hmm. and we're able to move on when it was time to move on. And I don't know. I just really appreciated that, Chris. Wow. Thank you. So I when you say that. there was a choir, you mean that you were you were making a uh, yes. you were stacking vocals. Yeah. You didn't bring a choir into the studio. You were the choir. A choir of me. Got it. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I was gonna ask. Chris, what are some of the what are some of the and with without offending anyone, are there were there particular sh uh, thing bands you've recorded in this studio, and by this studio I mean this or the old place because now I'm an act like I'm totally hip and I know about the old place. Uh, is there some any particular high points like bands you recorded that came out of here that it shot to national acclaim or? I I wouldn't say that, but uh, oh, go on and say it. Boys, they're a band that they started playing three weeks before starting to record with me. I recorded all of their music and we all kind of grew together. Uh, the Best Westerns record that Isaac... Uh, the band's called Boys? Yes. With a Z totally or with an S? <laughs> with an S. Totally ungoogleable. Ungoogleable? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Boys Band Montana, I think is how you find them. But Boys Band Montana. Yep. Uh, that would... I mean, is really, I think, my proudest moment just because we made so much music together and grew together. And I got to see that making rock and roll is actually so important. It <laughs> so. is. Cool. How, when you say it's important, how do you mean? Like, 
Uh, a lot of times you kind of end up hating yourself because you're a punk rock kid or you think you're just a shithead who doesn't do anything and you just hang out in the garage all the time or stay out too late, smoky bars, etc., etc., make no money. <laughs> and uh, I'm, yeah, I think what they created was quite important, Excellent. whatever that means. Excellent. <laughs> now, would it be possible that maybe would you be willing to share a track we could throw on the end of this podcast if people can hear what you're talking about cool excellent let's do that so now let's get to your question for the pop oracle what do you have for us chris uh does music matter does music matter okay well let's see what the pop oracle has to say about this now we are down to the point where there are two songs left on the board what are those two songs fort benton and a grainy taste. Okay. Wow, so we, it's song number one, which is Fort Benton, and song number eight, which is a grainy taste. So one of those is going to be the answer to the question, does music matter? And we have exhausted the wheel of eight. We have used up the radio eight cards. And now we are down to the binary oracular tool, or as you may know it, the coin. All right. A favorite of... Synchromistics and serial killers in Coen Brothers movies, <laughs> as we've talked about earlier in the show. So now I'm going to ask you to flip the Radio 8 coin. If it lands on heads, it's going to be song number one, Fort Benton. If it lands on tails, it's going to be song number eight, A Grainy Taste. Okay. And now, Chris, would you flip... The Radio 8 coin. Heads. Heads. Fort Benton is the answer to the question. Okay. Does music matter? I was secretly hoping this would happen, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yay! I'm glad that it has worked out exactly as it should. So one, two, one, two. Down over on the mayor In the next town over I get recognized In the next town over I can't steal a kiss In the next town over There's no place to hide Down over, they know your tattoos. I ain't leaving for the city in a cloud of dust. 
And that was Fort Benton, the answer to Chris's question, does music matter? Caroline. Clearly it does, but let's just go mm-hmm. through the motions here. Right. Caroline, <laughs> I mean, that, that song meant a lot to me. Oh. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, well, that song uh, was inspired by a, a trip. I, for years I played in a bluegrass band, and it's been years since I played in that bluegrass band. But uh, <clears throat> we traveled a lot around rural Montana, and we played a gig in the Agricultural Center in Fort Benton, Montana, and went out to the um, saloon afterwards, and we couldn't stop playing music. Like, why would you ever stop playing music, right? (laughs) And so we were just, like, in the corner. Like, there was, like, a big dust cloud around us because we are just, like, raising hell playing more music in the corner of this bar, and there's only two patrons that weren't in the band. And they're sitting at the bar, and they didn't even notice. Like, they were so busy drinking, they didn't even notice, like, what was going on in the corner. And I finally went up to one of them, um, and introduced myself, and he's like, I'm, I'm the mayor of Geraldine, but I got to come to Fort Benton to drink. And uh, so that... Don't uh, take more than that to start a song sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, exa- yeah. That's, that's where that song comes from. And, I mean, you could, I don't need to tell you what it's about, but, yeah. Well, uh, well just I want to know about the... the you know, the Madonna name check. Is, oh. Were people requesting Madonna songs? Or? Oh, no, no, this is not a For job. people not listening, a- they, she, the line she says, which was great, this I ain't Madonna, there'll be no reinventing. I had to go look at it. You use a lot of words that, like, that you do st- wonderful stuff with phrasing and multisyllabic words that don't necess- you don't necessarily always find in the style of music you're doing. Like, like the music, this, you know, Elvis Costello made a country record. Your stuff feels sounds like the stuff that should have been on his country oh, record almost blew more than what he was doing. The, the phrasing oh. and the use of those kind of words. So, oh. so what, where does Madonna come? Why, why does she figure in this song? Um, well, she's always like she's always reinventing herself. You know, like yeah. you had like a virgin, and you had her like cone boobs, and you had the uh, ray of light. Yeah, right, right, and uh, like a prayer. Like, right, like yeah. a virgin, like a prayer. Whoa, so interesting. Are we? Um, and and like actually, there's a line that didn't made it that didn't totally make it in the song. Um, there's a line that was like, I haven't sung it this way in years, but um, uh, ain't Mel Gibson. There'll be no intervention. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, you know, I was just trying to rhyme something with Fort Benton. Right. Okay. Got it. Duh, okay. Right? <laughs> Obviously. Oh, yeah. That's an obvious line. No, that's a real songwriter's line. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So, Wait, so he's saying he's not going to change. That's right. what I'm trying to say. Right. He's just going to the next town. Just going to go drink. to the next town to drink. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Chris, what did you think about that as um, the answer to your question? Well, the reason why I asked the question was because sometimes I feel like I love music more than anything or anybody and it makes me feel like a terrible person Mm -hmm. and i don't know if my love for music is gonna matter (laughs) as in like should i be paying more attention to my relationships with the people in my life and do less music care less about i don't know yeah no i i i can relate um me too I mean, well, I've built my whole life 
around music, but I've also gone through different like I was talking about in my in my twenties and through my mid early thirties, I was in that place of mm-hmm. it was the only thing that mattered and actually doing it, writing it, right. performing, putting out records, expressing it, putting together bands, doing all of that. And at some point, actually motivated by the end of a relationship, a divorce that had, I don't know, inspired me for a lot of that time, I had a big shift in where I wanted to put my energy. And I couldn't, I never have been able to, I actually tried to quit music, but I couldn't. I will. I remember the first song I wrote after quitting songwriting. It was. It was. It was a dream. I woke up and I and I. There was a song that I that just was that had to be written, and I still like. It's still one of my favorite songs, and it brought me back. And and the way I approach music now is very different in terms of being in the look at me side of the music business. Sure. But now I'm on the look at you side of the music mm-hmm. business, which I think is what sort of you that's are. Exactly You're right. on the yeah. look at you side of the, and that I feel like that's the most sustainable side of the business. Right. <laughs> There's, you know, the the look at me business is one chip right. on the, you know, on the the backerap board or whatever. The, you know, what what's what's the the thing you put the chips on? Plinko. That's the oh craps <laughs> one chip chip on the the plinko whatever I don't know. Yeah. Pachinko. I'll take, I'll take the prices right. But. So, <laughs> So, like but it. when you when you're in the look at you part of it, your chips are on everybody on all everybody else's talent, and there's a way mm-hmm. that it just I feel like that's just like, it's the course of being of being in the music world. Is mm-hmm. at first you're on fire to tell your story, right. and then once you've told your story, not enough, but enough so that you're not on fire with it, you're filled with the compassion for the other people who I are like, driven like along that. Yeah, because yeah. you know how hard it is to be driven in that way and how much difference it makes when there's someone who says, I can help in this yeah. way. I can give you a gig. I can help you with a gig. I can, mm-hmm. like, what, especially if it's someone who get, who is a musician and gets it and not right. someone who's just, you know, who doesn't really know what they're doing and wants to be a part of it. If you're mm-hmm. in it, it just makes, it, there's a kind of service that's there. Uh, so I thought about that. And then I also just thought, for me, I was thinking about the touring life well, when you the first line, I uh, the what, what's the first line in the in the in next the- town over? I'm the mayor. Well, I'm from like in my mind coming to Missoula from Olympia, where Chris lives. It's like coming to the second to the other the next oh, town over. Interesting. And in Olympia, my life is very complicated. We haven't really got into it. I'll probably get into it on one of these shows, but it's very complicated. I have many many controversies. It's been a very difficult town for me it was difficult when i was a kid but it's become incredibly difficult difficult in the last 10 years and i've just pretty much isolated myself and i like it i don't feel like i can go out drinking in Mm. olympia Mm. i don't necessarily want to go out drinking anymore i put out a daily podcast i got to be sharp in the morning so you know a bottle of wine at night is about the most that i can handle uh maybe that sounds like a lot to some of you but i'm just saying it's not a lot compared to where i was uh so, but there's something about that idea, and it made me think about that idea of when I was touring as a musician, when I'd come to Missoula, play Jays. It's like there's that chance that in this town, mm-hmm. I can be someone else, and yeah. I'll be connect sure. like and through music, um, I'll either um make a connection with like a lover or a friend or another musician or another or a place where people will understand me or get me, and I think that there's something about that in the music. Like when you write a song, you're kind of hoping. 
that someone out there will get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, either, you, I mean, I guess the, the, the sort of the highfalutin thing is that you'll inspire someone. But the other part is just that someone will like me. You know, that someone will, who, like, no one around here gets me. Maybe someone out there will. Mm-hmm. And if I put mm-hmm. this little message in a bottle, they'll find it. Mm-hmm. So all of those things were jumping around in my, my mind when I was listening to that song. And yeah. so, I mean, come I, on, you I know, music say, matters. Quite, of course, of course. <laughs> no, I, I very much do. And, I mean, it's really, sometimes it freaks me out how much it's the only thing I believe in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. care about. And feel like a terrible person for no, 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 you know no. my the the people in my life but i hope that well there was i had this image when i was just getting out of high school and i told it to my friend pete delia and he was like whoa that's heavy i was like i think i'm gonna be an artist in my life and i have the sense that when you're an artist the thing is and i guess i thought i was gonna be some big famous artist but that when you're an artist, you're gonna your life is about casting the shadow, mm-hmm. and everyone around you gets lost in that shadow. Right. And I was like 18, saying this to my best friend mm-hmm. from high school. He's like, he's a musician too. He's actually doing just fine. He never had felt like there was a big shadow over it. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's something like that when you are really committed to your art. You know what? People don't have to love you, right? If they choose to love you as an artist, then live in the shadow and enjoy it. And it doesn't make you a terrible person if you're committed to to something that serves the world and you're driven. And I mean, if you are cruel about it, but if you're honest about it, we started about at the beginning. Mean to stay, right? That's right. not like you got to be to have boundaries around the things that are important to you. And if you are say if you're saying my life is that this is what I do, and if you're going to be in my life, know that that's you know someone calls me for a session, I'm going to be there, and that session sure. might go long, sure. and. You know, there's other ways that, you know, you're going to get to be around a lot of great music. There's a lot of benefits to being around a creative person. But there are, there's that craziness, which is just like, sorry, I'm inspired. You don't matter. Nothing matters. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) Maybe not the fuck you part. (laughs) Only if you keep banging on my door, in which case, fuck you, go away. Because I will be out there and I will have lots of attention once I've got this out of my craw. Anyway. Great therapy session. I appreciate yeah. it. Like for me? Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I need these. Uh, um, and yeah. I'm glad to come out just to, yeah, it's been great just hearing all of this. It's been really fun and well, met a you lot created, of cool people. You <laughs> created the space for this to happen. And so uh, whatever, whatever the people in your life have suffered, I am glad that I benefit mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. Well, Thank you, Chris. And, you know, you can invite them down, you know, invite them down to ask a question about you on, uh, on Radio 8 Ball. We'll see what they say. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball
Sakuna Show.